0: Here's a story I know. I sat at a stoplight once. Uh, Let's see what was gonna happen. Uh, We were gonna go through, I was in the passenger seat and the car car was in, we were gonna go through and then the person at the uh, opposite us was trying to make a left, all right? There was no turning lane, it was a residential neighborhood. And the light turns green. And the person that I'm driving with gestures... There's, there's not a lot of traffic. So it's not that big a deal. This is not that big a deal. They gesture to let the other person go first, right? Let them turn left in front of us. And then we go after that. And I said to her, you had the right of way. And she says, it's only polite. And I thought about that a lot since then because... It is polite to let people go before you in line, for instance, or, I don't know, a variety of places if they seem to be in a hurry or something. When they are strangers, so this is why it sort of bothered me, is because the phrase, it's only polite, you know, it's a justification for being kind, right? That's the idea, it's, it's a reason, it's a way to, to explain kindness in a way that... that uh, sounds like uh, logical and not just like touchy feely heartwarming stuff you know because just to be kind seems to be it's an embarrassing explanation for things but it's only polite sort of for whatever reason sounds a little bit more logical okay fine but it's bugged me a lot since then because I kind of wondered if it was polite I don't know the etymology of polite as well as I should, but I do know that it is etymologically related to the word politic, which is etymologically related to the word polis, as in metropolis, and etymologically related to the word police. Politeness. One of the reasons why I think politeness is possibly, sounds more logical than simple kindness, is that politeness does have an etymological relationship to the word politic. Because to be polite is to act according to the rules of the society that you're living in. to act according to the rules of the society you're living in is to be polite politeness is relative to context that's one thing politeness is relative to time you know, era where you live that's another thing but politeness is more than anything else relative to the group of people that you call home to the group of people who share politics. There's this this archaic phrase that I really like that I never hear anymore. That I think it would be fun to try and bring back, which is politic behavior. The term is politic behavior, and I've always understood politic behavior to be to be uh, particularly up- upstanding particularly conformist-type behavior, but conformist in a way that upholds the rules. It's not uh, rolling over and letting the rules rule you, as it were, but it is understanding and using the rules and living according to them in a noble way. That is, politic behavior. That's how I've sort of understood it. It can be misused and it can be impure. But the phrase, yeah, politic behavior. And so to be polite is to live according to politic behavior. There's an ethics system, and when you agree to it, then that's your politic behavior. It's fascinating to think about because a lot of the times I feel like as a society, the people of the U.S. of A don't really like politeness. It's sort of strange because, on the one hand, we're very proud of our country and very proud to be American. And, and on the other hand, we're not very interested in understanding the rules, respecting the rules, and liking the rules. I am one of the many people, I think, who probably who, who embraces the revolutionary roots of the country where I live. I'm a I am a I think a born revolutionary and I think that most of the people who live in the US of a prefer the idea of being a revolutionary even if they'll never actually say it and even if they're not necessarily very good at it I think is one of the things that they do because freedom is a strange idea it's an unnatural idea and it is one of the basic ideas of the country where we live it is a uh, It's part of the ethics system of the U.S. of A to buck against stringent rules, regardless of where they come from and how reasonable they are. It's in our ethics system. And it's kind of funny to sort of like drive around and kind of watch where that sort of instinct for embracing freedom manifests in really small ways that feel small on an individual scale and it's, they just compound and create odd systems. It's a complex way of saying traffic's weird. It's because it's one of the more interesting... It's I, I do a lot of these recordings while I'm driving. You can probably hear the cars. It's a terrible time to do recordings, but it's when I think. It's when I'm sitting still and I'm thinking... And so I, have, uh, I do a lot of my sort of thinking about human behavior and talking about human behavior while I'm driving around. Traffic is an interesting example of mob instincts. And it's an interesting example of clashing personalities. And it's an interesting example of why rules sort of make sense and why knowing them makes sense and why some of them why some of them uh, could be learned better so for instance i, I so the, one of the things that's happening right at this exact second while i'm recording this is, is this whole uh, quarantine situation and that means there are a lot fewer people on the road so you get to see more individual behaviors that aren't affecting the large traffic system but uh, they're different personality types uh that because there's only about six or seven maybe three maybe three personality types really that that drive around you know there are three different driving styles people think that they've got a unique driving style if you really examine your driving style and you look at uh, everybody else around you you are one of about three groups okay there's the people who are aggressively opposed to the rules there are people that follow the rules and there are people who are lazy about following the rules and the people who are and and these three personality types I think cause all the traffic because because of the behavior that I witness when I get on the highway at a really well designed entrance because in Denver there are a handful of really well designed entrances to the to the freeway well designed has these qualities lots of signs long lanes a long lane that allows you to get up to speed before getting on the highway um and those are it that's it those are the, the qualities because if you're getting on the freeway if you can get up to speed then you're in business and if everybody got up to speed before getting over then we would all be in business If nobody was overhurried to get up to speed, to get above speed before getting on, then we would also be in business. If everybody just followed the speed limit and got up to speed before getting off of the entrance lane, then we wouldn't have much traffic. And I got to watch somebody... I, I always try and get up to speed before I... Enter. So that's my personality type. That's the group I sit in. And then in front of me, though, there was this person who was preventing me from my usual uh, strategy. Because she, I, 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 I'm not trying to make any commentary on women drivers. There are a lot of really good female drivers. It just so happens that the girls, the people in the stories that I've told today are girls. I don't have a problem with girls. I like girls. And I don't think that there's that the there's any credence to the myth that there's such a thing as a bad woman driver. But anyway, there's these girls. There's, today was a girl. And she was driving slow. And she was trying to get over without signaling in a, an area where the speed limit was 65 miles an hour. She was trying to get over into the highway uh, when she hadn't gotten above 45 yet. If that's her usual way of driving, it means that she is of a group of people who tend to cause traffic. They tend to slow things down because if she's trying to get over when she hasn't reached highway speeds yet, then she slows down traffic for, she slows down everybody entering and she slows down everybody who is in the right lane, maybe trying to get off or or just sort of cruising along. and. Some rules make sense. That's the punchline. That's the moral of the story. There were people behind me who are the other type who were really in a hurry and, and zoomed up behind me to, like, 75 miles an hour and then got on, and those people aren't helping either because they're blocking off the entrance lane, and so that's that's another problem. And so, you know... But if everybody drove consistently and followed the same rules, we'd be okay. There is a... Subtext to this boring little commentary about politic behavior, um, and that subtext is that it's it's okay to read books that just make you comfortable. It's okay. That's actually not the subtext. That's that's a lie. The subtext should be more obvious. But I am going to. Use an awkward segue to talk about Harry Potter for a second. Because I'm reading Harry Potter. Because it's kind of a stressful time. And I can't. I, I like to read a lot. I prefer reading to most other activities. And, and when it's a stressful time, it's not such a bad time to reread books that just make you comfortable. Just make you comfortable. So I'm rereading Harry Potter. The. The observation that I've got about Harry Potter today is that um it's it's kind of uh it's kind of strange to imagine what it would have been like to be an 11-year-old reading this book with these kids talking the way that they talk cuz 11-year-olds are pretty brave And eleven-year-olds are smarter than most people give them any credit for. but these, my my kid brother was eleven, not very long ago, and I couldn't imagine him talking anything like the Harry Potter kids. I just don't understand how any of us sort thought to ourselves, these kids are eleven. Not that they're smarter, you know. It's not that they've got more common sense than an eleven-year-old has. They think like 11-year-olds, but they, the words that they choose just don't strike me as very 11. And I was doing a list for a little while of, of disturbing implications of the, the success of Harry Potter, uh, and I'm going to continue adding to it because I find it fascinating, and today's disturbing implication of the success of Harry Potter is that 11-year-olds are smarter than you think, 'Cause they read that and they never once said, you know, I don't know anybody who talks like that. I don't know any anybody who thinks like that. So you should pay more attention to eleven year olds and reread things that you like and 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 study politic behavior.